0: (laughs) All right, y'all. So welcome. Really, what we're talking about today is an IFS-informed approach for self-regulation. We've been teaching parts well before I even knew what IFS was. And I do think that um, IFS is such a beautiful uh, modality. And mostly we're teaching it. I I love teaching parts work. And I am basically decided to do, just being fully transparent, IFS-informed because there's so much interest in the topic. But guess what? It's the same nervous system. So whether it's internal family systems or gestalt or functional coaching or polyvagal theory, however you're learning about your parts, okay? Um, There are many. All practitioners are dealing with the same nervous system. Does that make sense? It's not like there's an internal family systems nervous system and a polyvagal nervous system and a sensory motor nervous system and a a trauma informed or not trauma informed. It's all the same nervous system. It's really our approach that really matters. The first thing I want to say about this training um super important to 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 um delineate this for you is that i am not in any way affiliated with the ifs institute i'm not formally trained in internal family systems um this program is not endorsed by dick schwartz or the ifs institute just so really clear about that um, i am extremely learned in the topic and have had multiple lengthy hours 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 long conversations with experts in the field and you know i have twenty thousand coaching hours looking at multiplicity through my own lens and so this is really a conceptual understanding so this is not an ifs training uh, in any type of like um like uh official capacity in terms of the ifs institute and ifs was created by dr richard schwartz um in the 90s so what is multiplicity let's let's talk about that for a second because uh, ifs really frames um in a really good way and and has really started to normalize the idea of multiplicity i think for a long time when someone said oh my god you have multiple personalities or something that was like a scary thing um i think it's becoming less scary these days so if we look at the research what is the definition of multiplicity okay so i like to align on definitions uh instead of just like having everyone think they understand what it means so personality psychology which is um research uh, relies on this idea that humans are a single self so we look at like a personality like I don't know, if you look at personality disorders in the DSM, or what is your personality traits, right? Uh, most personality research thinks of the human being as a single self-personality. That's the result of thoughts, feelings, and behaviors, right? So affects, somatics, and cognitions, um, and those expressed through traits. People identify themselves as multiple, have a system of multiple alternative selves that share the same physical body. And so we want to understand that we all have multiplicity on a spectrum, and multiplicity is on a continuum, so it's not like, oh my god, I have multiple personalities and I need to go to a medic, you know, some like mental health hospital or something. Something's wrong with me. It's like, no, you have multiple feelings throughout the day, sometimes throughout the hour, sometimes throughout the minute. Okay, and so I wanted to help you normalize this idea that multiplicity is so normal. We all have different parts of ourselves, and when you understand that, it really changes the idea of when you say something like, "Well, I'm overwhelmed." i'm confused i want to make ten thousand dollars a month every time you say i you're probably speaking from a different eye in there there's different eyes and one of the things that that's really sneaky that i've noticed over the years is that one part will ask a question and then the other part shows up for coaching (laughs) right and it's like okay like let's highlight that right so we want to start to think about multiplicity differently okay we want to start to really think of multiplicity as internal physics. Okay, and Newton's third law of motion says for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. So, as we go through life and have experiences, um, especially hurtful experiences, there's a there's a there's an a there's an action. So there's a, a trauma or a wound that's created, and then there's a reaction, and a part gets created. Does that make sense? So we have neglect, and then a part gets created, or abuse, and a part gets created and then the protective part does something different. And then in response to that reaction, another part is formed in response to that part. And now all of a sudden you have this like fractal self internally. Um, and it's really interesting when you start doing parts work, because as you start to access or get in touch with different parts, there's like parts that like to protect those parts. There's parts that like to pretend you don't have the parts that they're trying to protect. There's parts that get confused. There's parts that, Just, just, it's like, it's like a parts party in there. And like, when you really go looking for parts, there's so many parts, (laughs) there's so many parts. Okay. And there's like this one part in most smart people that needs to classify all of them. Right. And it's like, I don't really do that because what we're trying to do here is make it applicable to your day-to-day life. Right. We don't need in a periodic table of elements of all your parts necessarily, though that could be helpful. We want to make it applicable. And I also, as I said earlier, there are many parts approaches. These are just some of them, okay? So we have gestalt therapy, right? Fritz Perl's transactional analysis is a wonderful parts-based therapy. Neurolinguistic programming, which is a coaching modality formed in the 70s. Um, Neurolinguistic programming uh, came from, uh, has roots in uh, gestalt therapy and family therapy. Like they studied Virginia Satir, who created family therapy. And they studied Gestalt, and they kind of put it together into NLP, which is something that Richard Schwartz also did. Something very similar to that for IFS, um, ego state therapy. There's redecision therapy, which is uh, not that well known anymore, but a very powerful approach. There's Jungian psychology, talks about all these different aspects, anima, animus, all these things. Freudian psychology with the ego and the id and all that type of stuff. Of course, internal family systems, functional life coaching, narrative therapy, schema therapy, psychoanalytic therapy, object relations theory. Um, and also polyvagal-informed approaches because polyvagal theory says we have different states and states are parts. Does that make sense? Right? So there's lots of things. And even if you look back to one of the originals, Gestalt, the word Gestalt itself means something that is made of many parts and yet is somehow more or different than the combination of its parts. Right? So that's what Gestalt means. So Schwartz got his, you know, Virginia Satire uh, was one of his teachers, right? Who taught family therapy. So we have internal family systems. There is a Virginia Satir perspective, right? Gestalt from Fitzpearls, which Schwartz studied. Okay, now we have parts work. So we have kind of gestalt coming in and we have family systems kind of coming in. And we have Dick Schwartz as a young student coming in going, huh, I wonder if like what's happening outside also happens inside. Does that make sense? Does that make sense, y'all? And so what he noted was there's a thing called intrapsychic conflict, which most therapists will tell you about. The definition of intrapsychic conflict is the clash of opposing forces in the psyche uh, with like conflicting drives or wishes or different agencies or desires, right? We all have intrapsychic conflict, right? If you have internal conflict, you have intrapsychic conflict. Now, intrapsychic conflict sounds like spiritual warfare or something, but it's happening inside you, inside your mind, inside your system, okay? Another way to think of it is ambivalence, right? So it's a simultaneous existence of contradictory feelings and attitudes right? About something. So you could want to be with someone and want to leave them. You could want to start a business, but procrastinate, right? That's ambivalence. Some people think ambivalence is not caring. That's not what ambivalence means. Okay. So ambivalence is also like, you can think of it as uncertainty or indecisiveness about a specific course of action. And guess what? As you start to move forward in your life, whether or not you're doing trauma work, you're going to meet ambivalence. Now, when we look at the lens of internal family systems internal family systems looks at ambivalence because of the past and helps you free up the past ambivalence in the present ifs it bless you sam ifs is not necessarily a coaching modality that helps you move forward ifs does not look into the future that much right i've talked to lots of ifs practitioners about this and where ifs falls short is in the future And really, if you think about coaching, like we're going to spend most of your time trying to move you forward. And if we don't address ambivalence, right, then we're, and and ambivalence is not just thoughts, y'all. It's somatic ambivalence, emotional ambivalence, right? Like body ambivalence, nervous system ambivalence, hearts ambivalence, and that's inner conflict, right? And what that really is are different parts of you with different agendas. There's a part of you that wants to move forward. As a part of you is like that, I don't want to feel grief. There's a part that's mad at the part doesn't want to feel grief, right? And all of a sudden, it's like, ah, who's in charge, right? So IFS says, oh, you have a feeling? That's a part. Oh, you have a thought? That's a part. Oh, you have a physical sensation? That's a part. Now, IFS was conceptualized in the 80s, and the first serious study about IFS was published um, at, in 2013. There's a the PMID if you want to read it. Um And then shortly thereafter, that study, which is a study on IFS and rheumatoid arthritis, was then presented at a trauma conference that Bessel ran, and then the rest is history. Hey, it's Mastin. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. And before we wrap up, if you found value in this, one of the best ways to get this trauma-informed information to the world